Father, thank you for today. Bless your church with an overflow of heavenliness, your children. Amen. Good morning, church. Um, I was meant to be here with my lovely wife and daughter, but she fell sick, terribly sick um, last night, and so uh, my wife is home taking care of her. And you know, when they are sick, we're up all night. Um, I was asked to talk about the things um, that parenting has taught me about God. And when she fell sick, I immediately thought, I'm up all night, so when I'm not well, God is probably there in my suffering, because I'm also not only a parent, but a son to the Almighty. And that comes from Isaiah 63, verse 9. I'm only um, a newbie parent, uh, only be a, been a parent, a biological one, for two and a half years. Uh, but parenting is much more than just uh, having your own child. Uh, the definition of parenting could be mother, could be father. It could be to produce, but it is also to act as a parent. And for many of you, you would have either a niece or your brother who has a child, or you've, you've taken care of someone's child. And so, in effect, everyone is a parent in one way or the other. And so, for this um, talk today, my inspiration comes from Genesis 1, 26 to 28. And it reads, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over the livestock and over all the earth and over everything creeping thing, um, that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his image. In the image of God, he created him. Male and female, he created them and blessed them. God said to them, be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and subdue it, and have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and everything that moves on it. A second passage just like it is Genesis 1 to 5. When God created man, he made him in the likeness of God, male and female. He created them and blessed them and named them man. And when they, and when they, when they were created, when Adam had lived 130, he fathered a son in his own likeness after his image and named him Seth. The days of Adam after he fathered Seth were 800 years, and he had other sons and daughters. These, thus, the days of, that Adam lived were 930 years, and he died. I'm going to be talking on a few points, and the very first one is going to be image and likeness. I don't need to remind anyone that a good parent should always behave well because children look up to you. They would behave well if you behave well. But it's also a mandate from the passages I've read to create an image of the father or of the parent in the, in the, in the children. One, one great example is my daughter runs around the house. She'll pick up the stethoscope um, and try to listen to the heart rate or the heartbeat. And, and that's, a good, that's a good example, um, looking up to the mother and, and trying to emulate what she does at work. 
but she also uses YouTube. And so anything could come on YouTube and you can see her behaving sometimes or making references to things in YouTube. Parenting has just become more than just what it, it's meant to be, um, either a friend, a co-parent, or a nursery taking care of your child, but it's involved technology. But it is, it is very important because this mandate ensures that we make an image of the Father in heaven. And so if you behave like your heavenly Father has taught you, then your child and would take on that mandate. And you, you can see in Adam's story where he takes on that mandate and gives birth to a child in his likeness and in image. But our heavenly Father knows that we are not perfect earthly parents. And so he sends Jesus and then Jesus comes to set the example. Jesus and the Father are one. Your children and you are one. A good example is you would have friends, for example, who would go to your daughter or to your son. Oh, you remind me of your mother, either in their mannerisms or in the way they do things or in the way they talk, they humble themselves. And so you've got to be watchful of what you say, what you teach your children. This is important in breaking generational curses as well. I take, for example, my dad, staunch drinker, but because I know that my heavenly father um, is perfect and not my father, I said to myself, I cannot be like him. And so teach your children the way to go and so that even if you feel falter, they know to look unto the Heavenly Father and not always to look unto you. The second um, point I'm going to make is God's timing is always right and He's always watching. When you have a child, and many of you who have parented children will know that there are ages where you keep an eye out, you've got to be watchful. Um, my daughter was, like I said, was sick, and this night, every time she coughed, I knew it was about to, she was about to throw up, so I was keeping a watchful eye, but again, I'm not perfect. There were times I dozed off, and she actually threw up on me. <laughs> but Genesis 28:15 reminds us that I, will be, I am with you, and I watch over you wherever you go. He's more than just a better watcher. He counsels us as well. In Psalms 32, verse 8, he's counseling us with a loving eye. The third point is like this. Children have faith, the kind of faith God demonstrates, the kind of faith God wants you as parents to have. When I stand down the stairs and say, Liana, jump. My daughter's name is Liana, by the way. She jumps without even looking. She's trustful that I'm going to catch her. She is trustful that when she cries out to me, I'm going to sort the problem. And, so, and when she's doing things without me knowing, she goes quiet. I know to look up to and check on, on her. I'm not always there 100% of the time, but unlike me, God is always there. He's always watching 
put it better, that faith is like what Jesus describes in Luke 18. Let the children come to me, for the kingdom of God is such as these. Their boundless trust in their parents, again, reminding us to be like God. God is love and knows what's best for us. When my daughter asks for sweets, 100% of the time, which she does, and uh, for lollies, after giving her a few, I go, no. It's easy for us to say no, but when God tells us no sometimes, we find it really hard, but he knows that you need to take care of your teeth. And so God knows best when you don't have the yes all the time. But he listens, and that's what is important. If you fathered a child or you've parented a child or mothered a child, you know that they get messy, really messy. But even when you're tired, you get to clean up the mess. We are sons and daughters of the Heavenly Father. We are messy. We mess up a lot of the times. And God is always there to clean up our mess. I'm going to end with this little prayer, asking God for wisdom. As children of the Most High, you can always find wisdom in children, that kind of wisdom that your Heavenly Father expects of you as a parent. More importantly, if you remain in the image of the Heavenly Father, your children will remain in your image and in the image of the Heavenly Father as well. I hope this is a message that would resonate with you and would be able, you'll be able to use this power, this mandate, to break every form of generational curse that has been lingering around your family. You know what best it is. Thank you. Let us pray. Father, thank you for your word. Thank you for your spirit. Thank you for your image. Grace us with your presence. Grace us with your wisdom. Let us make, let us be an image of heaven. In Jesus' name, amen. Fantastic. Why don't you both quickly introduce yourself and when was the first time you came to this church? How long have you, how long have you been around? Hi, everyone. Oh, is it on? Um, morning. I'm Anande. Um, I've been coming since 2010. Um, I originally was a student at the university. Um, and then um, after my undergraduate degree, I met Luke, stayed, got married, and I'm still here. Yeah. Fantastic. So 12 years at the church coming as a student. Luke? Yeah, I, um, I've been coming to Rediscover for about 15, 16 years. So, yeah, a little while. So I'll be honest, it's been a minute since I've been on stage. I'm a bit nervous, so <laughs> forgive me for that. But yeah, we, um, we actually met in church um, nine years ago and been married for seven, and here we are. Fantastic. Wonderful, wonderful, wonderful. So, a couple of quick questions for you. First one, what has parenting taught you about God and about your faith walk? I think, first off, that God's got a sense of humour. <laughs> so, um, no, I, uh, I think there's loads from what I've learned as being a parent. It really changes your life when you have kids. And I think, straight off the bat, I think, for me, it was about God's protection. So... 
like one of the things that happened recently was Mia was at school and got hit by a spade. And I remember saying to, to Nandi, is it bad to want to beat up a five-year-old? <laughs> <laughs> but no, the, the father heart of God where you just, you just love your kids and you'd do anything for them. And even the, the aspect of protecting them when they don't even realize they're being protected. So I think that's probably the number one for me. Yeah, for me, it's the unconditional love. Um, I honestly don't think there's anything she could do, say, be, that would change how I feel. I don't think I've loved anyone, apart from God and Luke, um, as much as I love Mia. She is literally like the most amazing, perfect person in the whole world. And, and that's just the snippet in comparison to how God feels about us and about me. It's incredible. The love is absolutely incredible. And no, like, it's not something I can explain or either, even understand. So for me, that is definitely it. Unconditional love. Yeah. That's good. Fantastic. And, and how do you weave your faith into your parenting? <laughs> Prayer. <laughs> um, when Mia was, uh, when, she, when I was pregnant, um, I have really bad anxiety. Well, I'm, it's a challenge. And being a mum wasn't something I thought that I'd be able to do. Um, and so we would pray, we prayed twice every day when I was pregnant. And parenting for me, I couldn't live without God. It is a daily battle, like praying and just trusting God, you know, that she'll be protected, that she'll be, um, she'll walk in faith, that she will have great influences around her. So for, for me personally, it's prayer every single day. Um, a day doesn't go by where I don't say, God, please let her be okay at school. Let her meet the right friends. As she grows up, may she have great people around her. So yeah, that's how I do it. Fantastic. Yeah. Luke, how about you? How do you weave faith into your parenting? Um, I think it's a bit of a journey. So one of the things I think the aspect of all parents should be is you live out your faith in front of your kids. And so they see who you are in God because I think ultimately they take on aspects you don't even realize. So as you're going through your day and you're showing her how to interact and, and live your life with God, um, she sees all those things. I mean, when we first taught her to pray, it's heart, heartwarming. You sort of sit there and yeah. she's little hands together and saying, Jesus, I love you and I want to be with you and God, you'll protect us. And trying to teach some of those aspects of God's protection and love over her life. And, uh, you know, <laughs> not being shy. <laughs> so, but um, yeah. And just to add what Luke said about living out our faith in front of her, um, we love to sing. We, Luke plays a couple instruments. We sing as a family. Um, and I didn't realize that Mia, well, I didn't realize I sing naturally at home and worship music. And then there'll be odd days I would hear her while she's in the bathroom getting ready for school and she'll start singing Jesus loves, you know, Jesus. Or she'd sing a worship music I've had, uh, you know, I've had on. And that's when it hits me. Oh my gosh, like she's literally, she's emanating us. She's looking at what we're doing and how important it is for us to live out our faith in front of her. Yeah. Fantastic. And what's your prayer for Mia and your prayer really for every, every kid in this church as, as they're growing in, in, you know, naturally, but also in their faith with God? Um, that they will find him in their own way. I mean, I, in my family, my mother is a very, I mean, I, I've come from a family that believes in the Lord anyway, but actively my mom, my grandparents, but they never forced that on me. So I kind of developed my relationship with God on my own. And I think for all kids, I just really pray that they, they have that relationship with him. They just meet him in a deep and fulfilling way on their own, because then it's, it's, just, it's sustainable. It stays with them throughout their lives, so. I think for me, it's about 
praying for protection over them. You know, as the world becomes darker and, and things are going wrong, I think protection over our kids is a massive thing. So just praying every day that God would protect them for all the evils and things that happen in these worlds. Why don't we put that into action? One, one of you or both of you just pray that prayer over, over our congregation, over our kids, and over Mia. Okay. Heavenly Father, we come before you this morning, Lord, giving you all the praise, all the glory, and all the thanks. Lord, we thank you for our children, Lord. We pray that you just cover them from the crown of their heads to the soles of their feet. Lord, your word says in John 14 that if we ask anything in your name, you will do it. So, Lord, we know that you will grant protection over our kids. Lord, protect them spiritually, mentally, physically, emotionally, Father. May none of the enemy's schemes have a hand in their lives. Lord, we pray that you will take full divine control, bring great influences around them, Father God. Lord, we pray that you will direct their paths, Father, give them direction and guidance, Lord, as they go, their, go about their days. Lord, we pray for their parents that they will walk out their faith in front of their kids so that these children will know that you are a good God and you are always there. You're never too far away. Lord, we thank you for their lives and we pray again today. Have your way in Jesus' name over our little children. Amen. Amen and amen. Let's give Luke and Ananda and Mia a big round of applause. Thank you so, so much. What a grab your mics to Dan. Thank you. Thank you, Anande. Thank you, Luke. So appreciate that. Good to have you up here, Liana. Um, we've been asked the same question. What are the things that our parenting has taught us about God? So we've just, over the last week, have been thinking through those lessons and those learnings that our parenting journey has had um, for our faith journey. There's a colleague of mine at work who regularly says to me, Andrew, business would be easy if it wasn't for the staff and for the clients. And I don't know about you, but parenting sometimes feels like the same. You can read the books, you can speak the frameworks, you can understand the language, but parenting becomes very, very difficult when there's children involved. Um, and that wasn't one of mine, I promise. Um, they've done things almost the same. This actually reminds me of probably the most stressed I've ever been in my life, which was on a flight to Romania. It was our first flight ever with the kids. Danny was 18 months old, 300 people on the plane, and the, ear pre the air pressure got to her ears. She climbed under the seat behind us, held on for dear life, and screamed until she was sick. <laughs> and it was, a <laughs> it was a wonderful experience. And I remember getting off that plane absolutely frazzled feeling like every fiber in my body was exhausted. I think I went and lied down for about four hours afterwards just to recover. Anyway, let's move quickly on from this slide because it's giving me flashbacks. Um, let's read this out. This is from Hebrews. The message says, do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on, it means we'd better get on with it. Start running and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus who both began and finished this race we're in. Study how he did it because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way. And today we're talking about journeys and we're talking about races and we're talking about sports and we understand the historical context of this, you know, the fact that there is that great cloud of witnesses, people who have gone before us, but also, anyone who's parenting in this place, you're parenting in front of a, a group of people. 
And sometimes that feels like it's wonderfully supportive, and sometimes it feels like you can be the most, in the most vulnerable place possible. I don't know about you, but sometimes I see families turn up at church and they look exactly like this. Everything's perfect, 4.2 children, all dressed to the nines. But I promise you, if it's our household, then about an hour beforehand, it looked very, 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 very different. It was the case of training those velociraptors to get in the right place, in the right seat. My daughter's not very, not very impressed with that metaphor. Um, and so when we start thinking about the learnings we've had um, on this parenting journey, the first thing that I think I've, I've learned through the process of parenting is how our parenting journey and our faith journey is full of ups and downs. It's full of real highs and it's full of real lows. Sometimes those can come really close together, hey? The moment where we think we've got it all together is usually about 30 seconds before there's an utter meltdown um, and we lose all sense of reality. And we were thinking back, and some of you who know us well might have heard this story before, so I apologize, but it certainly is a good example of a high and a low really close together. Um, about four years ago, we were taking a holiday in France. It's a wonderful holiday. We, we've done it several times since. We go to the Loire Valley and take our canoes, go with another Christian family that we're good friends with, and we just paddle down the Loire for about 100 kilometers for about five, six, seven days. And every night, it's a cheap holiday, we just camp on the beach and go to sleep. We, we cook our own food, we you know, just carry in the canoe anything we've got uh, to live off for those five or six days. Pull into a village to get some more bread or, or water or wine and make sure we carry on down the Loire over the course of those five or six weeks. And this was one of those nights. Um, we'd, you can see here we were just idyllically weaving down the river, passing some wonderful villages. Each night was looking a bit like this, putting up the tents, usually just a few inches above the waterline. You can see where this is going. Um, on sand, very poor foundations. Um, and just leaving our stuff around. And on this particular night, something happened. And on the next slide, you can see, I, I saw, was seeing it in, in the top corner of the mobile phone that comes up next. At 1.37 in the morning, this was a front that came through France. Totally, un, you know, we, totally unexpected. If we'd been looking at our phones and been seeing the weather forecast, we'd have noticed it, but our phones were in our dry bags at the bottom of the canoe. It was an off-device holiday. And what this bit of yellow and red represents is about 120 mile an hour winds and about 40,000 lightning strikes in that area of France, which meant that we woke up at about this time with an almighty storm blowing. The, the fire that we'd been cooking on that, that, that night, um, we'd bedded down, put sand over the top of it. Well, the wind had just blown the whole thing up again. It was a raging fire, and it had gone in a different direction, so now we were having burning embers flying in the direction of our tent, uh, and there were uh, lightning strikes all over, the, all over the sky. It was absolutely apocalyptic, and rain pouring down, and of course the tents fell over instantly, some poles snapped, and we were sitting in a bedraggled mess um, with, with everything soaking wet. And what you can see here is our canoes. These are 17-foot canoes, and one of them just blew 50 yards down the, down the, down the river. Um, so we pulled them back, flipped them over, and here you can see Danny and, and Elliot hiding as we watched the storm pass through um, and try to keep our kids safe and away from the water. Now, that was an unbelievable high and an unbelievable low. Everything felt perfect, everything felt fine, and we were lulled into a false sense of security. And the next, the next morning, we woke up soaking wet. In fact, we didn't really sleep. We had a three-and-a-half-person tent, and there were four adults and five kids and a dog, their tent blew away. So we all slept for two or three hours that morning in this, uh, in this sodden mess. And I can remember we, we went to a cafe because uh, we thought that's the end of the holiday, day five, we're not gonna get back in the canoes again. And went to a cafe and 
the friends we were with are much more spiritual than us. And so they took that moment to open the Bible and read the parable of the man who built the house on the sand and talk that through with our kids. And it became very real in that moment, um, the challenge and the trepidation. Um, but certainly that's something for me that's a big learning, that life isn't always great. In our parenting, in our faith walk, there's those highs and those lows, but God is with us through every one of those, whether we think we're doing a great job taking our family on a great holiday or whether we're putting their lives in danger accidentally. Liana. And definitely, um, I know, I know um, parents who, who are still praying for their kids to, um, to find God, to encounter God, and it looks like this, uh, but this is our race that we, we keep on praying, we keep on trusting God, and we have no idea what's ahead of us, and this is why we are making room for this today in church. We need each other. We need a church that can support parents and pray, um, pray for those kids to encounter God. Amen. Um, one of the things that I've learned about, about parenting and about this race um, is that um, comparison isn't helpful. <laughs> it's a sport that I practice regularly, comparison. And um, indeed, you know, that picture when life isn't great and, um, you know, child unit number one and child unit number two don't behave like you'd like them to, it's easy to compare and think, I am the worst mom ever. You know, especially that I, I march to school to pick up my kids and I will have missed the Easter bonnet parade and I'm the mom that missed it. Oh, your child did so great in the Easter bonnet parade. They did so great on stage. I'm like, I missed it. I was just at home five minutes away, just forgetting. You know, it's so easy, so easy to compare. And what I've learned about God is that... God has chosen me on purpose to be in my kids' lives with all the faults, with everything that is not going right. And indeed, everything that I can bring to a parenting conversation is my own mistakes and how God is, great, is gracious. Um, for sure, we're not here to say how to parent. All we have is God's, um, God's word for us, and that's our common ground. This is what we are racing for. We have a common goal. Um, and so there's no point tripping each other up by comparing, is there? And God has, God has a lane for each of us. God has a, a tailor-made track for each of us to follow and obey Him on. And um, also what Ananda was saying, the love that God has for us is so deep. And especially in those moments when, um, when you just wake up and you, your hair is undone and you haven't brushed your teeth yet and you're, you haven't buttoned up your identity and you haven't started performing and doing what you do best during the day, what people see, that's the place where God loves us in our most basic self. And if we can teach that, if we can teach our kids that, if, if that's the moment that we can bring our kids with, to God and have those devotions and have that time, it's just, it's just wonderful. Um, and so what would be the opposite of comparison? It's getting help. It's, this is a team sport. Yeah? Could anybody agree with that? I asked Alan, he's not here today. Um, Alan and Nikki, they're, they're a sweet couple who are grandparents and they help us with a playgroup. I said, what would you say to, to parents with small kids? What, what would be your top tip? Unison, get help. <laughs> that, was, that was the number one tip. And this is what church is for, is a community. And we can help each other, we can offer prayer, we can offer that kind of support that, that we all need. Andrew, that's you. <laughs> Two more minutes, boy, I promise. It's easier as a team sport. Yeah. I, there's people all across this room that, you know, maybe you have kids right now, maybe you don't, but everyone in this room benefits from you leaning in and being part of that team. 
and Leanna and I are so grateful that that's, that's been our testimony when and we're weak, yeah. together yeah. we're strong. And especially that family takes so many different kinds of shapes. Um, there may be single parents, there may be adoptive parents here, there may be, um, you know, but we all have that parenting team. We need a parenting team around us, whoever it is um, around us that can help raise these kids. And then this next slide is really helpful. Liana put these photos together, not me. Um, it's about the little moments. One of the biggest learnings for me in my faith journey is that actually it's not about the big events. It's not about conference Andrew. It's not about soul survivor Andrew. It's not about that faith journey when I'm on the mountaintops or in those big moments. It's about the little moments day in, day out. Um, I le learn this every week from my kids. Um, asked I asked Elliot last Saturday, we had a few hours free, what are we gonna do today? What would, you, what would you love to do today? Is it going to a party with some friends? Is it going to a football match? Is it this, that, or the other? And it's no, I just wanna kick a ball with you in, in the park for three hours. That's what I wanna do. Um, and it's so important, the lesson that I learned from that, the lesson that we learned from that is just as we as kids wanted time, consistency with those around us, that that's what God wants from us. It's that Monday morning, 6 a.m. Andrew that God wants. It's the 11 p.m. on a Friday night Andrew that God wants. Not just the, the 11.30 on a Sunday morning. Not just those moments when we can button up and feel good and turn up all, 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 all dressed well. Yeah. Um, following on from that, you know, something about this, this race that we're in, it is a relay race. It's, um, um, let, let's actually look at the, the next scripture. Um, it says, love God, your God, with all your heart. Love him with all that's in you. Love him with all you've got. Write these commandments that I've given you today on your hearts. Get them inside of you and then get them inside your children. Talk about them wherever you are, sitting at home or walking in the street. Talk about them from the time you get up in the morning to when you fall into bed at night. What a wonderful picture of normality, isn't it? This is, this is us. This is... Um, this is what God's calling us to do. So today isn't about how to parent. Today is about, let's look at what, God, what God's given us, the mandate that we have. And this race is to pass that mandate on. To, it's a relay, like, like Mark said. It's a relay race that we pass on something to our kids that they catch of God. So I don't know if you've ever done the rocking chair exercise, but you imagine yourself, kids all grown up, your grandkids all grown up, and you think, what would I have liked to have passed on into them, what to have input into them, what would it be? And for most Christian parents, it would be a deep, deep relationship with God, a sense of journeying with God, a sense of adventure with God. And indeed, Jesus said, let the children come to me. But how, how do we do that? And this is why there's a, there's a great book that we've, um, um, that we've got, and it's at the back, at the back of the church. You can, you can buy it today if you want. We, we're going to do a book club on it just to talk about how we let the children come to God. How do we do that together? Um, and how do we open up the window of our own journey with God so that they can see and then invite them to, to take a leap of faith and to, to walk with God? It's one of the things that I remember when I was little is my parents made room for uh, missionaries to live in our home. And I remember just hearing the sound of them praying in tongues, in, tongues in, our, um, in, our, in, in the bedroom where they were. And I remember just crouching outside the door and thinking, God, I feel your presence. This is so good. I didn't know what it was. Um, but, but in our house, there was, they would pray for people. They would pray for, for the sick to be healed. I saw legs grow. I saw hands grow. 
You know, I saw the miracles of God. They were worshiping, and I remember the songs. I'm walking and leaping and praising God. There's loads of grown-ups marching around in a little living room. You know, but as a kid, I thought, this is, this is so good. This is God. This is so exciting. And how can I make room for that in my own home? How can I make room for that in my own kids' lives? Um, why don't we, um, if the band could come back on stage, um, we'd love to sing that song again to bless the generations. Um, One of the wonderful things about what Leanna just said and the example that it teaches me every time I meet Leanna's family is this house she was talking about is a, is a one-bedroomed apartment in Cluj in northwest Romania. And you had four brothers and sisters, so f five siblings, mum and dad. And it was the home that was opened when Ceausescu fell and missionaries entered the country. It was the home that was opened for everybody to be there. And so we're talking 15, 20 people in that little tiny apartment. So, much fun. Um, so when they had the prayer meeting at 5 a.m. In, in the morning, everybody could hear it. Probably not just their apartment, probably the apartments above and below as well. Um, and sometimes our time, our energy can feel so short. Our talent and our gifting can feel so short. But even those moments, just opening that to let God speak through it and to get, let God use it, um, I just think it's a wonderful example for, for our faith journeys and our own discipleship journeys with others, but also for our parenting, that the little we have, we can ask God to, to, to share that, and let, ask God to inhabit that yeah. um, as we invite him in.